Hello, welcome back to Starts With You podcast with me, Mark Hopkins. Have you ever wondered who that lady is that does all that lip syncing on LinkedIn and who produces some great content for the IOR? Have you ever, ever thought who that person is? Well, this is that podcast to find out who she is. Um, so in this podcast, I'm going to be speaking to Gemma from the IOR, and we talk a lot about what the IOR offer at the moment and some very interesting coming soon things as well that they're working on, which really did perk my interest. Um, also talk about video content, and we're going to talk about a lot of people that we know as well that does video content and does content on LinkedIn, and how important it is to up your game, I think, in this place. So, here she is. Hi. Hi, Gemma. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right. Thanks, Mike. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Tell me a little bit about yourself then. What, what, who do you work for? What do you do? Why? What the hell's going on? <laughs> uh, so I work as the head of business development for the British Institute Recruiters. Um, I've worked alongside recruitment agencies for about eight years. Wow. I historically worked in the payroll sector, but essentially got to a point where there's that much legislation and red tape surrounding um, oh. payroll very difficult to determine whether or not the solutions that you're offering to um, the recruitment space are compliant or not so um, without essentially I just didn't want to take the risk because people could potentially lose their businesses and it could have been off the back of some advice that they'd had from me yeah, um, yeah. So I've built up a decent following in the recruitment world because obviously I've worked there for about eight years so I thought it was worth moving out of payroll but into something where I could still work alongside recruiters which is essentially why I ended up at the uh, British Institute Recruiters so we're, we're a bit like the governing body we're a bit like the REC team in APSCO and um, the main difference with ourselves is that we offer training free as standard a part of our memberships and no one else does at this minute in time. That's interesting because I remember many years ago when I used to be a member of the REC, REC, <laughs> REC as well, uh, get your card fixed um, um they yeah you used to charge serious amounts of money didn't they for training it was i think it was like four or five grand a session for their training yeah and then and, and the memberships are like 1200 quid as well mark so the member with us it's 595 pound yeah. with the rec it's 1200 and then the, the trainings added extra on top as a as a kind of like a, a recruitment body where you are seen as probably I don't know what to, how to call it, like the watchdog of the recruitment industry. Do you, yeah. do you position things like that or, or do you get complaints or how, how, how does it work in that sense? Um, so not really. We don't really get any complaints. There's the odd person that might have come to me and said that they believe that someone's operating in an uncompliant manner, but if they're not members of ours, there's not a great deal that we can do. Um, what we tend to do is just offer model documentation, to ensure that the documents that are sent out from the recruitment agencies are compliant to protect them and their end clients and the candidates as well, to be fair. Um, we offer them free legal advice because we know how expensive getting legal advice can be. And when you're a new startup in a little organisation, it's very difficult to swallow those costs because you're waiting for money to come in to be able to pay things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you, so you do get the odds kind of guy saying, hey, this recruitment agency is really killing me at the moment, or, or do you not? Yeah, we do. We don't, not very often. I think, I mean, I've been here now nine, nearly 10 months. Um, and I think one person's complained about someone else's conduct in the market. Wow. 
God, you would expect it to be like chocker with calls. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Mud flinging everywhere. He's done this. She's done that. Yeah. But you, you, you know, you see it on LinkedIn and you see people moaning about recruitment agencies and shady practices. You would have thought that someone would have Googled, right, who's the governing body of this? Who, who, who oversees it? And then they would have come across you guys. And then they would have put some sort of formal complaint. But that's crazy. That's so are we really that bad then? I don't think you can. To be fair, I love recruitment companies. I love recruitment agencies. Everyone that works in recruitment, regardless of any way you put it, the salespeople, salespeople are inherently chatty. Yeah. And just want to talk to people and get to know them. And obviously, I'm kind of like that myself. Um, yes. yes. So I, I literally love working in this industry for that reason because everyone's a chatterbox like me. So I can, my motor mouth works really, really well in this industry. So you're the business development manager. So you're obviously telling the membership. What's, mm-hmm. what's kind of the biggest kind of issues you get with trying to sell the, the membership? Are, are agencies kind of seeing it as an advantage to themselves or? Or, or what, how, how, how's that coming across to you? It depends. So the main challenge that I have is um, a lot of people will put a lot of weight behind the REC team in APSCO right. um, because they believe that they've, they're more established and they're a bit more credible than we are. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily the case. Um, we have been around for about eight years, but essentially, Mark, because we've grown naturally, we've never really had to have a sales and marketing team before. Yeah. Um, we wanted to push it a little bit more this year, which is why I was hired. Yes. Um, and that does tend to be the only thing that we have where people go, oh, well, the REC have been around a little bit longer than you. Um, so we think they're more credible, which they haven't been. And out of all of the governing bodies in the recruitment space, we're the only one that's actually backed by government. So the British part of our name was actually awarded to us. Uh, because we had to prove that we stood head and shoulders above the competition in our field to be able to add that to our title. So you um, have a connection with the government in the sense that they give you regulations and you just enforce those regulations, or how, how does? Yeah, basically, and we're com- and we're um, working on chartered status as well at the moment. So we're three years into that whole process. Wow, I'm interested in that. By the way, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> that's interesting. Ah, yeah, and that's um. So we're three years into the process, and it can take up to five. So we've still got quite a, a long way to go, but we're hoping to have that in place in the next two years. I think chartership is probably the best direction to go to make sh- make because the the thing about the recruitment industry is. Um, we don't really have official qualifications. There's no degree. There's no GCSE. There's no A level. You know what I mean? There's no B tech in it. So we need some sort of official qualification, don't you think? But that is no. I agree. I mean, we actually do. So we designed um, with the help, I believe, of Hannah Keep, um, and a apprenticeship for recruitment. So we, okay. we actually do level two recruitment resourcer and level two recruitment consultant. Now, in those particular qualifications we don't just cover the basics of recruitment so the recruitment 101 like how to uh, make a call with conviction close with commitment all that's covered but we also go into the ins and outs of social media having an online presence how you can utilize sites such as LinkedIn to be able to stand stand out against your competition and how to essentially build engaging content to ensure that you're getting inbound leads we're at the moment the only one that's actually adding that to any of our training sessions in terms of recruitment it it is extraordinary though because i've never come across um, and no offense to hannah because i haven't seen 
per se, yeah, that's why. Uh, but I've not come across many trainers talk about social media as a part of a day-to-day job of recruitment. Well, we bloody know it is now. It's, it's a major part. Yeah, it's probably the, the biggest part now, isn't it? A lot of your candidates, your end clients, everything can be found through LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. It's gone the days we used to, um, and I don't know if anyone used to do this, but I to headhunt someone, I had to phone up a company and somehow wangle a list out of that company to find out who worked there and, and their job positions, then work out a way of approaching that person. And mm. that was my way of, of headhunting. Today, I just search on LinkedIn. <laughs> and then approach them um, you can still try to call them at work if you really wanted to uh, but that that was oh you'd like look in the press and you're looking you're looking around basically all the time for for new stories oh that guy's name oh that's what he does right i'm going to try to headhunt him and you're always looking for these people but yeah it's it's such a major part is a part of this training how to uh present yourself on social media as well is, is there that yeah um, so yeah, we are literally covering the content aspect as well. So not only how to get your platform, um, sorry, your profile to stand out, yeah. but how to write engaging content where that will bring people to you and how to send effective um, LinkedIn messages to companies that you are trying to approach. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. And that's a good little kind of content link to you and your content and what you do <laughs> on LinkedIn. Um, which, uh, well, believe it or not, I'm actually going to be the one that's doing a couple of the webinars regarding the engagement side, um, because out of all of us in the organisation, I'm probably the one that knows the most about it. Oh, I love you. Because I do, I am connected to a few of your bosses on LinkedIn. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've seen some of their content, there's some good stuff, some good sort of stuff, but I've never seen them, I never heard them, I never heard them talk. Um, and it's nice to see someone from your organisation suddenly appear on my feed, talking, not singing, miming. <laughs> um, well, I've currently just got myself into a lip sync off with Scott Walker at the moment. Awesome. Brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you know, with, with regards to that, on that subject, with regards to kind of lip syncing and stuff like that, how, how has that been? How has that, how has that impacted you offline in, your, in the business, online, socially? How, how has it impacted? Um, it, there's been quite a lot of impact, to be fair. So we, we, get quite a lot of inbound leads through LinkedIn off the back of the lip sync videos because obviously every time one's done, yeah. the content and the the words in the song are somehow linked to some form of the membership. Ah, clever. Um, and literally, um, I was basically in the car, um, stuck on the motorway on my way to work. I tend to sing a lot when I'm in the car on my own. Yeah. Um, it's more of a performance than a drive. Uh, and literally, I was just kind of stuck there, not not doing anything else. So I just went, do you know what? I do these little videos for my friends on Snapchat all the time. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Let's do it for your <laughs> other friends on LinkedIn. <laughs> yes, I thought, do you know what? I'm going to put it on LinkedIn and see what happens. Um, and the first one went absolutely mental. It got about 40,000 views. I remember. Um, yeah. And quite a lot of um, comments in, in a good way. There was not really any derogatory comments made on it. So it kind of became a thing. Um, so I was in hospital a couple of months ago um, and it led to me, I ended up with an infection. So I got a sinus infection, um, an ear infection and a throat infection. So I quite literally looked a little bit elephant man-esque. <laughs> Never. Um, Never, Gemma. Never. <laughs> honestly, honestly, Mark, if you see me, I'd got like my nose on my save. It would look like I'd been in a boxing fight. So I was like, right, I'm not, I'm not putting my face on camera this week. I don't want to scare the um, population of LinkedIn. 
and I must have had about 40, 50 messages of people just saying, where are you? What's happening? Oh. Why videos? <laughs> so now it's kind of become a thing that I think I'll get lynched for now if I stop doing it. Yeah, I'd, I'd be honest with you, when I first started video, I, was, I walked into a pub in London, randomly walked into a pub in London, and three guys knew who I was. And I, it was like, oh my God, am I that famous? Am I that? <laughs> level of fame but it's it's it, people people actually ask for it and I, I i even to this day where's your latest video where's your latest video i'm like i haven't filmed one for ages i better film one because <laughs> people yeah. ask for it um it's kind of like the little kick up the butt that we needed sometimes when we just think oh, i don't want to do it and then everybody's like come on you've started doing it now you can't stop People, I think it breaks people's day up as well especially with yours it's a bit of fun but it, you know it's it's still like if if I want to now join a, a group that regulates or is an embodiment of of recruitment, I will come straight to you because I know what you look like, I know what you sound like, I know you're a bit of fun, so we know we're going to have a good conversation. And because you've just done those LinkedIn videos, it's the same with mine. People come to me because they watch a few videos and they know what I'm about. I won't go to someone that won't do that now. It's really strange, really really strange. Um, I think the funniest thing I when I got this week is I actually sent someone a message who's recently connected with me and I just literally the normal standard obligatory thanks for the ad um, <laughs> and the response I got back was oh my god it feels like I'm getting a, a message from a celebrity <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah you get that phone call as well oh my god you sound like it, you do on your videos uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of how I talk <laughs> my voice <laughs> oh God. there's no way in hell I can hide this Yorkshire twang I've tried yeah. on many occasions but it's um, yeah, it's just who I am but the majority of people actually don't realise that I'm from Pontefract apparently I sound like I'm from Manchester maybe that's because I tried to make myself sound a little posher than I actually am yeah that's the problem you end up if, you, if you're from the north and you try to sound in posh, you end up you're from Manchester by default. Um, yep. If you're from Wales and you try to sound posh, you sound like you're from Cornwall. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you sound like you're from Pakistan or somewhere like that. <laughs> it's quite weird. Just anywhere other than where you're actually other, from. <laughs> yeah, other than where you're actually from. But if you try to sound posh in London, you still sound like you're from London. And that's <laughs> um, do you know what? I'll be honest with you. When I first saw them, I thought, what the hell is this girl doing? This is nuts. Mm -hmm. This is insane. And it really did grow on me. It really grew on me. And, and I started enjoying it and being the kind of, every time I saw one, I was like, oh, I've got to watch this. Which one is it this week? I'm sure what I used to do. Um, I, couldn't, I couldn't hear some of the music sometimes because I couldn't, for some reason, LinkedIn wouldn't let me hear stuff for a period of time. It was really strange. So I started making up names of songs. For you. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking your own bits up. Yeah, what's she singing this week? And it turned out to be Pretty Green Eyes, one of them was. <laughs> well, I think that's actually a thing that quite a lot of people do. I've had a lot of messages off the back of that, Mark, where they've gone, do you know what, I listen to your videos, but because I'm in the office, I can't actually have the, the sound on, so yeah. I try and work out what song you're doing. So I think that might have to become a thing at some point, where... I mime along, but there's physically no music in the background, and you guys have kind of got to work out what I'm doing. Oh, there we go. Every Friday, fun Friday, you've got to do name that song. Yeah, oh, but we can link it to the membership and actually put some of the lyrics of the song in the content to yeah. give you. Yeah, that'd be awesome, yeah. wouldn't it? <laughs> How's your bosses? How's your bosses looked at this, by the way? Are, are they? Are they thought you're a bit insane? 
and your next... Well, well, they have to work with me anyway, so they know I'm insane, to be honest. <laughs> so, um, Abacus, the payroll company, is actually a member of the British Institute of Recruiters. So I knew Asmat um, and had attended a few expos with him in the past before I actually started working for him. Mm-hmm. So he kind of knew what he was letting himself in for anyway. Um, ah, right, there we go. He <laughs> was the one that kind of forced me to do the videos in the beginning. So we basically push ourselves as the the technology-based governing body where we know that there's technology and social media out there that can push you in different ways yeah. than the standard normal ways of recruiting. Yeah. Um, so it kind of came to a conversation in February where Asmat sat down with me and he went, look, Jem, we promote that we utilise social media and that we're a little bit different. We can't really have our head of uh, sales not doing any videos, so it's something that you've got to do. Yeah. Yeah, I um, yeah. And I kind of had a little bit of a moan and a whinge about this. I was like, this is not what you told me when I started. Um, and I tried to do the really professional videos, and there is a couple of them still on there. Um, but if I'm completely honest, Mark, I, I locked myself in. I've got a home office in the garden. Yes. I locked myself in there one Sunday and was like, right, I need to get this video done. Asmat's been asking me about it now for a couple of weeks. Um, I need to do it. And literally four hours later, I've probably stormed through the house five times. Oh. Told everybody I hate myself and I hate my face by this point. Changed my outfit 50 times. And I was like, I just can't do this. Did it in the end, but you kind of have a little bit of a moment where you sit there and think, I don't know how people are going to take this. Yes. And it makes you very, very apprehensive to post. Yes. And the first one I did, you can clearly tell I'm nervous because I am literally playing with my hair constantly like a nervous twitch but the amount of love and affection that you get from people when you actually do it and the amount of support is unreal yeah so I I don't think if the first one had not gone as well as it did I'd have never continued to do the video content on LinkedIn I did continue with the the um professional ones and then yeah yeah, very very very, very corporate and professional video feel, yeah. but then kept mixing it up with the videos, um, with the songs. But you tend to find that the quite long-winded, over a minute long videos, the amount of views and the level of engagement that you get in those videos are very, very minimal. Yeah, they do. Because obviously no one's got lengthy amount of times to be scrolling through things on LinkedIn. Whereas if you do a 10 to 30 second long video, it tends to have more of an impact and it reaches more people. Yeah, so the longer form videos do still have their place, though. You can park them on LinkedIn, uh, on YouTube, and then link to them mm-hmm. or put a little clip to them, and then say, "Hey, you want to hear a little bit more about this?" And then there's a, a five ten minute video over on YouTube. Whereas, yeah, you're right. Yeah. People just feed, if they go through the scrolling from the feed, and they're like, "Oh, what's this?" And then it's like ten seconds. They can continue scrolling and Skype work for that ten minutes, just looking at these random videos if they wanted to. And that's what people do, don't they? They just they're just breaking their day up looking for some entertainment. Um, yes. So that's what you you're being an entertainer now, Gemma. That's what you you've got a lot of pressure on your shoulders moving forward. <laughs> you're gonna be doing um, <laughs> illusions and magic tricks next. And um, <laughs> so it's just something different. Well, someone's actually said to me this week, the like, Gemma, you need to go on Emmerdale. I'm like, oh no, guys, I'm far too good of an actress to be on Emmerdale. Yeah, you are, to be fair. You should be on <laughs> You may need to go to uh, Coronation Street. <laughs> you might get a good part there, <laughs> working in the Fingers <laughs> crossed. I've not watched Coronation Street for ages. Do they still have a cafe? Royals Rose, is it? I can't remember. 
Um, I honest, honestly, hand on heart, I have never watched Emmerdale, EastEnders or Coronation Street since leaving my mum and dad's house. I was going to say, are you from the north? Are you really from the north? Yeah. <laughs> you never watched yeah. them? Well, how long ago was that? No, I watched watch them when I was at home, um, because obviously it's what your parents watch, but yeah, as soon as I moved out, it was, yeah. no, it's not, it's, it's, I'm... My wife right now, because she works nights mostly, right this very moment in time, is watching Coronation Street. My wife. <laughs> 20 past one in the afternoon is watching Coronation Street. There. She, she's obsessed with it. Absolutely obsessed with it. I can't, I can't stand them. Really can't. I'd rather watch your... I am with you. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I do. I've actually noticed as well since I've been doing the videos on LinkedIn and more people are doing video content. Instead of actually watching anything on TV on a night, I find myself watching people's videos on LinkedIn. I, this is me. My wife goes and like, she disappears at half six on nights, put the little one to bed by half seven and the TV's on mute or I've got Lexa playing LBC radio or some random radio station, some music in the background. And the rest of my night is watching YouTube videos or watching LinkedIn videos. I, I'm yeah. so sad. I don't know what's wrong with me. I really don't know. Um, another person I enjoy watching is your mate Chris as well. I love Chris. I really do. <laughs> um, so Chris, I absolutely know from LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, uh, we had a bit of a chat uh, Chris said, do you want to collab on a video? I thought, obviously, because Chris is Chris Williams, it was just a bit of a joke and he didn't actually, there was no weight behind it. Yes. Um, turns out there was. Uh, so we did meet up, we did do a video. Um, and that was off the back of someone actually sending him one of my videos and saying, have you seen this tripe? <laughs> <laughs> so Chris and me teamed up to do our first lip sync video together. Um, Chris posted it across his social media, uh, his LinkedIn platform, and literally just put. Someone came to me and said, "This girl is is crap." Um, can I just say, this girl is producing content. She's yeah. getting thousands and thousands of people to see what she does and what her company does on a daily basis. Yeah, I don't think it's crap. Um, so yeah, very, very few tears shed that day for a few different reasons. Oh, I love you. Um, and yeah, me and Chris have ended up being quite close friends off the back of that, to be honest. We do have very, very similar personalities yeah. and we found that on camera together, we bounce off each other very, very well. It's noticeable. There was one video where I think you were just doing your standard lip syncing video in your car and then suddenly his head appears out of nowhere. And I was honestly, yeah. I was, I was floored in laughter. I was crying with laughter. It was comic genius because you didn't expect it to happen. And then I started seeing them uh, bits and bobs after that. And it was hilarious, absolutely hilarious. And I love that because you've got two social media characters um, that do videos and suddenly they're in the same video together. And it's a bit like when you see Iron Man and Captain America join up for the Avengers. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh my God, <laughs> they did, you know what I mean? It's quite a Batman and Superman. Sorry, my phone was going It was. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was quite funny to be fair. I think the one that people liked the most and probably went the furthest was the one was I was chasing Chris down. Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one. I remember that one. I generally thought you guys known each other for years because your chemistry on sc on screen. There we go. We're starting to sound lovely now. Okay. <laughs> it's like a review, isn't it? It's like a, a movie <laughs> review. Because um, you got, you seem like you've known each other for ages. Because you, you seem to be quite in sync comedy. You know when two people are kind of like forcing comedy. 
but you two seem to have kind of just got it, which is quite interesting. Do you rehearse before or did you just say, I got an idea, I'll do this? And then um, you... so, so sometimes we'll, we'll br- come t- together with a couple of vid- video ideas that we've had. Yeah. Um, but nine times out of ten, it's kind of just a rough idea and we just go with it from there on out. Um, most of the ones we actually do are literally one take. Oh, right, awesome. Awesome. Um, which makes it's, it's quite easy to do it because it is literally just we have got very very similar senses of humor and i've noticed the more i've got to know people across linkedin over the last year or so you can clearly see the people that have got very very similar personalities and you all just mold right. together quite easily and naturally it's not forced it is just literally individuals together with very very similar um senses of humor and and similar personalities really and i think that helps a lot yeah, I think we gravitate towards each other. And I think it does form, um, and Chris won't like this word, a pod, but not a pod. We don't have WhatsApp messages telling each other to like each other's stuff. We genuinely like each other's stuff and we, um, and we will follow it and, and comment on it. Um, and I think that that's a powerful, that's a, that's a real pod, isn't it? That's a real powerful group of people. Me and Chris actually said this the other day. The it's um, it ends up being a collective of like-minded individuals, yeah. which is everything that a pod should be. Yes, I totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. Oh, this amazing though, isn't it? How you put a couple of words up on LinkedIn, you get a couple of people. Put some videos up. The evolution where it's got to now is is I think is phenomenal. It's fantastic. And do you remember when LinkedIn was stuffy five years ago? Yes. And then about two years ago, it opened up a little bit. A few people put videos. Now, I think it's, it's better than Facebook, in my humble opinion. Um, Facebook's very limited, I think, because you, you, people that can see your stuff is the people you choose to connect with, and that's it. You can open it up to the wider audience, but no one watches it. Twitter is very short form. Instagram, I, I'm still trying to work out. But LinkedIn is the last festival of an open forum where you can express yourself to a group of people, strangers. It's I find I find it fascinating. Yeah. To be fair, I do as well. To be uh, Mark, it is literally. I love watching people putting the videos out there now. I love seeing people actually push themselves out of their comfort zones and just trying something different. Yes. And the amount of people that are supportive of that is phenomenal. I mean, I think I've noticed over the probably the last six months, there is less LinkedIn police and more people complaining about LinkedIn police than there were before. Oh, oh yes. That actually makes me laugh, by the way, <laughs> the LinkedIn police. But now the, the word saying, oh, this isn't Facebook, has disappeared. I have not seen those that sentence written on a, on a comment for a long time now, probably over a year, I think. It, it, I'm sure it still exists. Now it's more um, constructive feedback and, wow, that's a good video. Oh, wow, that video has actually educated me. And you're mm. starting to see, and then like you say, some of the comical videos, again, lots of comments, but they have a real ge- agenda. They have a real form of going in the right direction for you as a business, but also for them as a, as a, a viewer. Is that the right word? A follower? Mm. Um, even though it looks silly, it isn't. Even... We said this um, about Tutti Frutti, Tutti Frutti, Tutti Recruiti. Tutti Recruiti. Tutti Recruiti. It is a, a satire page, but it has a very real following that could potentially turn into something later on for that page. Do you know what I mean? So even though it's satire, it could potentially have a, 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 a real business from it. And I think that's... Fair, Mark. They are the only rec to rec to rec out there. 
To be fair, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. And I do, I do like, I'm not going to mention, because I'm not sure many people know who's the brainchild behind it. I won't mention it just in case he's trying to be Clark Kent. Uh, <laughs> but um, the, the brainchild, to be fair to him, he's, he's done really well, actually, with that. And he's, done, he's put a lot of work and effort into it um, for making it. And I, I'm a little jealous, actually, that people that do that, <laughs> if I wanted to do Oh, God. I love it, to be fair. I think I've followed um, the Tutti guys and Ed Hunter uh, oh, since the beginning. I love, I love Hunted. I love those guys uh, over at Hunted. I speak to, uh, I speak to mostly Tom uh, Philby more outside of, of LinkedIn. Oh, and, yeah. and Tom Wells. And to, well, I don't hardly speak to Tom. I don't, I don't know him as much, but we, definitely Philby's an awesome guy. Um, and, and, but I love, I love what they do. I, and it's a real business. And they actually... Are really good at what they do as well which is so it's a bit of satire bit of professionalism but also a modern business that's how i see recruitment business should be today a, a modern kind of thought provoking business um see so yeah. i think i think the thing that i actually love more about the hunter guy than anything else is that yeah that everything that the post is um it does make you think it is promoting what those guys do and it is very much uh a, a good company to, to explain where we are um, at this minute in time. They are very much moving into the social media side, but the thing that I probably love the, the two Toms more for is they are really supportive individuals. Yes. If anyone else is out there actually writing content, they're not, they're not the type of people that would drag them down. They would literally give people um, constructive feedback. Yes. Um, one of the main ones being, yeah. My uh, my partner's just recently um, started over the last few months utilizing LinkedIn and actually trying to build his own online presence and his levels of engagement. Yeah, uh, he did a post yesterday relating to a um, an article in the Sun regarding some form of football player. Uh, completely, I'll be completely honest, Mark. As soon as football player was mentioned, I switched off. <laughs> Me too. Um, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure who it was relating to. But the post that Josh had actually done, Tom actually commented on that and just went, do you know what, Josh, completely understand what you're saying, but the picture that you've used is actually the article from The Sun. You're actually promoting them without actually meaning to. Yes. So it might have been better to use a different photo, which I've always had quite a lot of respect for those guys. I had a huge amount more yeah. after that comment because there was absolutely nothing in it for them. Josh actually works in, in the um, I was gonna ask. care sector. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he's not got anything to do with recruitment, but they still went out of their way to help him. And I just thought that just proves and shows what type of individuals these guys actually are. No, I, honestly, I rate them. And the, uh, one of the guys there, when the sales guys there, put a profile on Hunted's page. You can put recruitment agencies, can put profiles on there. Um, I recommend everyone to do it. You do get a little bit of exposure to your business, putting it on there because they've got a great following. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the sales guys phoned me and had a chat with me about what's going on. And they've, they've got some extraordinary methodologies now of, of dealing with people's recruitment. It's, it's the type of model that I, I would love to sell into engineering, but for some reason we're still stuck in the retained contingency model where it's the next level retained, what they're doing. Um, it's definitely worth touching base with them and find out a bit more about it. I will not do it justice explaining it, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Me but, neither, to be fair. <laughs> you, you know what I'm on about, don't you? It's it's like yeah. they have a, a a consultant that works for them for a day, works for your company for a day, and then for a week or for a month. There we go. I've, I've 
fucked it already. <laughs> so I was going to send me a message. We, we, we tried. Yeah. At least we can say, do you know what? The haunted guys are fab. After this, if you listen to this podcast, yeah. go and speak to the uh, two Toms, the fab individuals. Yeah. Disclaimer, we have no idea what to, how to sell it. Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry, we're actually quite good salespeople, just not in a field we don't actually understand. Yeah, yeah. Well, we should. <laughs> we're in bloody recruitment. We should understand it. No, it's it's because it's different. It's the way what they're doing is different. And that's what we need. We need companies like that. And they are different. Um, especially when Ed Hunter used to be a satirical, satirical, go word, go Mark. Uh, a kind of post a satire profile for a period of time and then when he flipped to being a business it was like oh what that how and it makes so much sense today now we understand it get a following turn it into a business that's how you do it um and he's done very well whoever that ed hunter is i know who it is but don't tell me (laughs) 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 But I'm not gonna. I'm gonna keep a secret. It's a bit like that that kid that knows who Superman really is. Uh, that's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> so the future for you, the future of the IOR. You said chartered ship. Um, mm-hmm. Are you gonna do loads of social media type courses then for the agency walls, or like how to do video and how? Is is that the direction you're going in? So there's there's gonna be some of that. Um, and that's essentially the area we're trying to to build more into because obviously off the back of what we've been doing across social media platforms through me, yeah, we can see the impact that it actually has on, has on businesses. And with the fact that I've been from the ground up on that. So the, if you, you'll have noticed Mark, videos taken off massively this year. Yes. Huge. Um, and I've noticed how much you can actually get off the back of that. So we might as well share that information yeah. with, with our members, help them build their own followings up and essentially build their business up from that point. Um, It does help me with the fact that um, I I quite like to class them as friends now. Uh, You like Sir Chris Williams, James Austin, Rebecca Pay, um, Nick McEwen, and Christopher Robin. Um, Those guys I tend to talk to about LinkedIn and engagement and analytics quite often. Mm-hmm. And they're more than happy to give me any, any help and feedback that I need, which obviously helps me massively. And then we can in turn help the members uh, that's, off the back of that. That's important, by the way, that you have that group of people that um, will pass information and, and will help and support because it's not. I find when you've got that group, it's not a competition anymore. It's kind of a, it's almost like a, a, a group a self-help group <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. I mean it's like I need I want to post a video I want to do this oh well how not try this or why not try this and I bounce ideas off random people now and it's great people support us about it um I've started doing one minute how it works and it's just taken off <laughs> it's gone through the roof um which is great what about the agencies which are not engaging in video and we know there's a quite a few there at the moment are they missing out um, it depends on their view. I mean, some some companies out there do see the benefit in being part of a governing body. Others feel like they don't need it, Mark, to be fair, and that they're they're happy enough on their own. They don't want to grow too much. They're quite happy with having either they're just themselves or one or two consultants, and they've got no aspirations to make it any bigger. It just works for them being able to work around the, the other commitments that they have in life. Yeah. Um, 
Maybe. I mean, obviously, the people that don't engage with the videos, we obviously still do some cold calling. We send emails and things through LinkedIn to try and contact these people to see if they're interested. But I'm not an overly pushy person. So if literally if someone says it's not for them, they don't think it's the way that their business wants to go. If I've given them all the information on what we actually do and they still decide they don't want to be a member, it's entirely up to them. I think um, whether or not they're missing out depends on whether or not they want to grow. Ooh, I love that. I love that. It depends if they want to grow. Do, do you think then video isn't the new BD, but it's an alternative or it's a nice little marketing thing to add to the boat, another string to the boat, would you say? <laughs> See, what, what I utilise the videos for is actually giving people information on what we do, but it also increases my awareness so that when you do have to make cold calls and things like that, you tend to find people are more inclined to answer, um, answer that phone call. That. I love that answer, yeah. Because I feel like they know you. Yeah. Um, and it can cause quite a little bit of embarrassment every now and again because they sit there and go, oh, I know that person, I can't remember why, I'm going to have to take this call. Yeah, and they go quiet on <laughs> you as well. I, I love it. I say, you do the videos, don't you? Yeah, I do. Uh, uh, <laughs> really weird on me sometimes. It's so true. It's so true. And so I think it's just, I wouldn't say it's going to take over um, all, all the things that BDMs do. I think it just adds and enhances the other um, channels that we've got at the moment. Yeah, I think it increases your personal social sphere. Of, mm-hmm. of, of influence whereas many years ago you didn't have one in the recruitment agency it was reputation in that sector that kept you going now it's it's bigger it's it's a greater reputation because you're producing this piece of content that is real and personable and people can come and talk to you afterwards you know you're not um, a youtube superstar and no one can talk to you you know you're, you're a real person trying to sell a product wherever that is yeah i think it breaks down barriers as well so you've got um because obviously people see the videos that you've got online it takes things back to basics in terms of people buy people not products so if you're out there doing video content and different types of content that's showing essentially what matters to you as a person you're more inclined to attract those people that share similar views to you yes and to come and work with you because they like what you're about yes um, which helps with obviously rapport because we all know as salespeople the hardest part about our role is is initially building that rapport and it can be very very difficult at times depending on the person at the other end of the phone whether or not they're um, an extrovert and they're quite happy to talk or if they're an introvert and they just don't want to talk to you at all by putting the videos out there and showing what matters to you you're also showing people your personality which yeah. means that the pause already built before that first conversation has actually been had. I mean, you, you'll, I'm sure you'll agree. You literally get messages of people wanting to work with you or just to find out a little bit more about you. Yes. And you notice that if those people have actually seen your videos, because the way that message is actually structured is completely different. Yeah. It's a lot less corporate. They are literally talking to you like you're one of their friends. Yeah. Because they see you that often on LinkedIn, they literally feel like you are. Yeah, they, they, it, it's weird for you as the as the producer of the video, though, because people are talking to you like they, they know you, but you don't know them. But because you're kind of, they're buying the service from you or they're giving you your CV, in my, in my case, a lot of it comes from candidates, a lot of my, which is brilliant because they come and speak to me about stuff and we, we create this relationship for later on and I help them find a job in time. Um, I've had 
four companies come to me to do their recruitment from it. But when they come to me, the conversation is like off straight off the bat of that video. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 like and, they, and, and like they they then tell me their life story, and you're like, whoa, okay, hang on, <laughs> it's, it's great. But they feel like they are they they can do that. And and I'll be honest with you, I'm glad they feel like they can do that. I'm, I'm glad they feel open and they feel like they can trust me because cold calls in the past when I've done them, people are slamming the phone down on you hundred later and you'd get one call and it, it was horrible back in the day. Now it's different. It's, it's, it's so strange. It's so strange. But in a great no, way. I'm with you. I really do love it when people send you a message and they feel like you're the friend because that initial barrier is already broken down and you can respond in a way where you'd normally talk to one of your friends, but still in a manner where you're getting the information across that they need. Yeah. It's just less corporate. Yeah, yeah. I got and I don't think, Yeah. I think quite a lot of people think with the corporate side that you need to be seen as a corporate professional to be seen as a professional. Yeah. But I think with the way that LinkedIn's going at the moment, it's breaking down that barrier and people are actually seeing well, no, you don't have to be overly corporate, stiff white shirt type person. Yeah. Um, or stick up your ass is, is one that I like to, to use quite often as well. <laughs> um, you can literally just be yourself and people will buy into you for that reason. You can get your information across. You can tell people what you're about. You can tell people what you're doing as a company, but in a way where it, you just come across as more approachable. Yeah. Do you think, though, um, I'm starting to see some LinkedIn co- contributors the budget's getting bigger. The filming quality is getting extraordinary. Um, you know, and, and, and the, the kind of production of them are getting extraordinary. Do, do you think that that might be a little bit a bridge too far? Does it really matter of the quality of the budget? And it's really about the message on these videos? Or, or does it all a piece of everything now? To, to be honest, I like both. I like actually seeing the mixture. Um, but it's all personal preference. I mean, like me and Chris and yourself, we all do ours, ours on phones. Yeah. Um, and it's like quick, easy and simple. But if you've got that marketing budget behind you to make it a little bit more wow, why not use it? Yeah, as long as the message I mean, like, is, is good, though, isn't it? You can have a phenomenal yeah. budget and the message is shocking. No, You know, you've wasted like, a couple of grand. Well, I think the person who comes to mind most when you mention that is Mark Gaysford. And I literally love the way he does everything. You can tell he spends a little bit more on his stuff. um, But obviously, Jack's his son, which is probably a help for for Mark, to be fair. But the way he puts it across the information, like, it is literally hilarious. I know. He was... Um, I love Mark. My idol. I literally messaged him a few months ago and just put, Mark, I genuinely love you. You are like literally one of my idols on here. And he was like, Jim, that's, that's bizarre because I say the same thing about you. <laughs> um, and, and he's brilliant though. He's a real genuinely good guy. I did a podcast with him a couple of podcasts ago. And he's, 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 the way you see him on video is exactly how you see him, speak to him in real life. And that is extremely important, I think, as well. You can't act. You get found out so quickly. No. But yeah, he's got fantastic. And, and his son, Jack, as well. He's got some amazing videos. Absolutely, his production value is huge, but he's really busy as well. So it works for him. It really does work for him for how he does it. But um, it yeah, does. I mean, I was on a, a conference call with Mark a couple of weeks ago, and literally got off the phone and I was speaking to some of the recruitment owners that I know that I've recently set up um, 
recruitment com- companies themselves. Yes. One which actually worked with Mark at HR Go and responded with, Gemma, I can't believe you've been on the phone to Mark today. How lovely is he in person? He's exactly the same as he is on video. Wow. Um, and it means so much. I mean, I actually um, I met up with a few of the LinkedIn people a couple of weeks ago for a few drinks in Coventry. Yes. And um, so there was Chris Williams, Rebecca Pay, Clayton Jones, and James Austin. Yeah. Literally went for a, a few drinks. We'd never met each other in person before. We'd only engaged on LinkedIn. And literally every single one of us kind of sat there and went, oh my God, you're the exact same in real life. And it was like... But, but the videos that we put out are literally just showing who we are, that we have got a bit of a sense of humour, yeah. that we can we can still be professional, but have a little bit of bounce along the way. 100%. 100%. And that's what you've got to do. Just be yourself. And you mentioned introverts and extroverts. I think introverts will get a lot from video as well. If you bolt them in a dark room to, on their own and just talk to the camera and be yourself, you'll get a lot more from it. Um, if you feel that kind of nervousness in front of the camera. Um, no, no. I've said this to a few people so there's quite a lot of people that actually message me on a weekly basis that I'll just say do you know what Jim I love your videos and I'd love to have the confidence to be able to do them myself um, and every single one of them Mark I will literally sit down and go guys with the greatest respect in the world in the beginning nobody is confident if you'd have seen me spending three hours changing my outfit complaining about my face my dimples how many chins I've got from that angle it's all of us we're all the same and it's literally just breaking down our own personal barriers and when you're posting videos literally the first i'd say 10 that you put out there you are really really critical of everything that you're doing in that video by number 10 you've kind of got fuck it i'm just putting it out anyway you do and and i and also round about that 10 because you've got yourself into a, a bit of a rhythm and how to do it you spend less time making them and editing them and more time producing better quality of content into them as well. So you tend to, it becomes a part of your day-to-day, doesn't it? Like, like you're going to answer yeah. some emails, you do a bit of video, and then you do some more work, and then, oh, I've got another video idea, and then you record it, shove it in the can, save it for next week. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it, it becomes a, a, a genuine part of your day, really big part of your day. And when it becomes that routine, you are far less critical of how you look on that video. Because I think that's one of the major issues that people have is once you put a camera in front of your face, you then start to critique every single part of yourself as a person. Yes, 100%. Um, 100%. But obviously after you get used to it, you kind of go, well, that's my face. That's your face. To be fair, Jeremy, your face is fine, okay? Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was, to be fair, one of the main reasons we switched from doing quite corporate videos and just literally went in the direction of the 10 to 30 second long videos is because regardless of what the content was that I put out there everyone had something to say about me and Chris called them rubber faces (laughs) (laughs) and the amount of faces that I pull so I kind of sat at home and was like I know I'm expressive I can't help it it's just my face I know I can use this to my advantage you've got a range of faces haven't you to be fair to you (laughs) <laughs> and my, my partner literally call, calls me a shapeshifter um, and I always said to him oh do you know what no I'm not I'm just the same as everyone else um, and it was my 30th last December and he made obviously the moon pig cards that are a one yeah. size with the massive 30 on the front just to dig the knife in a little bit further but he'd um, done a collage of photos of me from the 
the previous couple of years. <laughs> and I kind of sat there and went, oh my God, I look like a completely different person on each one of these. I get the shapeshifter comment now. <laughs> I don't know whether you, have, you will have a really good poker face or a really bad poker face. I don't know now, considering the amount of range of faces you have. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be quite hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what, Mark? It's even funnier when you see my, my son's seven and he is exactly the same. And the amount of times I just look at him and he's pulling one of my stupid faces at me and I go, yeah, I know where he's got that from, poor kid. <laughs> uh, what, last question, last question. Do you think that with video, we should see more candidates do videos? We're, us recruiters are doing them, and some companies are now doing them. Do you think candidates should do more videos? I think they should, actually. And I think we should. Um, might not be a popular opinion, but with the CVs, I think actually putting your CV in video form and do far, far more. I know, obviously, people are going to see that as, oh, well, it's discrimination because you can see whether it's a man, a male, a female, the age of that person. Mm. But I think the easiest way to actually land that role is show them who you are. It, age has nothing to do with it. Your sex has nothing to do with it, but the majority of the time, people leave organisations because they don't feel like they fit from a cultural cultural point of view. Yes. If you put your CV across in a video form, then you're showing people who you are, what type of personality that you have, and I think you'll find if you did things that way, yeah. you'd be able to point like if that personality is going to fit into your organisation earlier than than going through a standard interviewing process. Yeah. And then in turn, your obviously staff turnover is going to be lower. Yeah, having a normal CV with a link, because no one prints CVs off anymore. And if you do, you're ruining the planet. Uh, <laughs> have a link to a YouTube or to your, to your Google Drive or something like that with a, with a, a video they can watch. And then mm -hmm. in that video, talk about your life, talk about who you are, show them your dogs and cats and your wife and your house if you want to. But, but be a real person at the end, at the end of that name. And I, I, what you said about discrimination, I don't think it will be. I don't think people will have an opinion of you once they see you and hear you. Do you know what I mean? They will they'll get you a little bit, like we are discovering with using it on LinkedIn. The people will start thinking, oh, yeah, this is a real human. And I bet you get a lot more feedback. I bet you. I agree. It was just the, literally the discrimination part is I know there's people out there that would go, oh, well, if you did that, you can see if you're a male or a female. And yeah. And that, that causes discrimination, but I'm with you. I don't think it would. I think you're literally just putting across who you are as a person. Yeah. People can then see the personality, and you can work out from that pretty quickly if that, if that type of personality is going to fit into your culture. Yeah, and especially as well, if you've got a non-Anglo name, let's be honest, because some, some people are discriminated on not having an Anglo-Saxon name, um, mm -hmm. then they will see that you are actually from... Coventry and you sound like a Coventry person and you, and you and you like the same stuff and you're the same person as you and you're like oh yeah I, I'm I'm being an absolute racist by not doing that and 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 I should I should really accept this person because you've broken that barrier straight away and they can't just judge you on your name and it does exist doesn't it Gemma people do judge people on that for sure they do, they do. just went a dark um, direction sorry, I'm really sorry. It, 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 they do to be quite honest and it's i think the main thing is that most people will make a snap judgment of what they think of that person based on the first 10 seconds of meeting them 100%. and i think it's up to us to actually break that natural cycle because it's just a natural thing that humans do it's in yeah. it's programmed into us and it's up to us to identify that and work against it 
unconscious bias, as we say. Unconscious bias, yes. Yeah, that's it. Oh, man, this has been an awesome podcast, by the way, Gemma. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I won't tell everyone how long it took us to get to this point. (laughs) Friday mornings, do you know what? I can't remember podcasts. Uh, (laughs) I think it is literally because every time we've tried to do it, it's been on a Friday and we've thought, do you know what? Friday's quite a quiet day for us. And then for some bizarre reason over the last couple of months, it has been the literally busiest day of the week. You know, and, and, and like we're talking now, I've had my mobile phone go off once, but then on a Friday, I remember the one I told you as well, like a, a placement was falling apart literally at the seams. But as we were speaking, I had to move our podcast. Um, my, my, I didn't stop for the rest of that day. I was on the phone from nine, nine-ish in the morning all the way through to half three, four o'clock. Uh, and Fridays have been rammed like that lately and never has that ever happened in my career in the last three months it's weird it's so strange um but i'm so glad we actually said oh do you know what i'm going to finish today at about three o'clock because it's friday and then we're still talking to each other at half past six on linkedin because we're still working (laughs) yes it's true i used to yeah (laughs) that was the other week wasn't it yeah we're finishing early i'm gonna go mountain biking yeah i'm gonna go shopping and then we're like you're still working on you yep (laughs) still working oh it's been an absolute pleasure Gemma absolute pleasure thank you very much for this podcast um if people need to find you where where, where do you normally hang out bus stops or normally link <laughs> street yeah. corners street corners I didn't say that I didn't say that <laughs> ball of 2020 I was going to talk about what are you on about <laughs> Um, I'm, if, if anybody needs me, I'm sure you'll be able to find me on LinkedIn. It's probably where I spend most of my time. I uh, I did a your phone. I don't know if your your phone started doing it, but there's an app on the iPhone, the new one, is standard, um, oh. and it ruins my life weekly by telling me how many hours I've spent on LinkedIn. Oh, I've um, got I've it, got that app for games, and there's a there's a Star Trek game I play too often, and I've spent so far 160 minutes on this game and i shouldn't this week alone. <laughs> i know um, but, well my mine but, literally told me the other week you've spent 28.5 hours on linkedin uh, and i was like right that's shocking in itself for a week but what's more shocking is it's not actually calculating all the time i've been on my computer on linkedin yeah oh god so you mean there's more there's more time yeah. what <laughs> oh god <laughs> so i kind of sat there and went Oh my god, what what am I doing with my life? Oh god. But I can't say anything because I literally try all the time. I'll go, I'm making a conscious effort that this evening I will not go on LinkedIn. <laughs> and then I hate on scrolling. Uh it is yeah, exactly the same here. I sometimes glad my battery runs out on my phone and I can't find the charger. That that's when I know I need it. <laughs> that's when you you're like Okay, I think I should have stopped this about four hours ago. I shouldn't have been on LinkedIn for the last four hours. Do you not find you lose track of time as well? Like you'll open your phone, you'll start scrolling at eight o'clock and then you look at the clock and it's half 11. And you think, wow, what the hell happened with that? I know. My my wife goes, what are you doing now? And I'm like, um, I don't know. I actually don't have a reason to be on LinkedIn right now. Put the phone down. It's three seconds later, it's back in my hand and I'm looking again. It's a problem. I need to go and see someone. Would you know how you mentioned the Pretty Green Eyes video? Yes, go on. (laughs) That was done just before a night out with my friends in Manchester. Um, And I was sat in a nightclub at three o'clock in the morning in Manchester. And one of my friends looked over at me and went, what are you doing? And I went, nothing. 
She went, you're on LinkedIn, aren't you? Nope. <laughs> She's like, Jimmy, give me your phone. You are, are not, under any circumstances, getting this back tonight. You are out with your friends and I cannot believe you are on LinkedIn. Oh, brilliant. You kind of sit there and go, you know, it's a problem when you're on there at three o'clock in the morning. In an iClub when you should be drinking Bacardi Breezes. <laughs> yeah, sat there, sat there the next morning scrolling through everything that you've written just to make sure it's not drunken nonsense. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So, <laughs> this is what it's like to talk to each other, by the way, if everyone's listening to this still. <laughs> On LinkedIn, this is what we like. We don't stop talking. <laughs> so, I'm going to stop the podcast because I think um, people are going to cry now. Don't uh, no, do it. <laughs> Um, take it easy Gemma thank you very much for your time and uh, hopefully we'll speak probably in the next 10 seconds anyway <laughs> cool, Matt. thank you speak to you soon I think me and Gemma need to book ourselves into a clinic for social media addiction I don't know maybe that's a future podcast me and her can talk about uh, <laughs> I am joking but that's the weird thing though isn't it about our job that you know we utilize social media because we need to network with people for what we do for for selling like when Gemma's case selling membership to the IOR or for me trying to people for jobs and, and getting my name and, and, and stuff out there it's it's difficult to do uh if we did it any other way and you know social media has really helped us platformed us to that level um but Equally, there could be a detriment later on in our future. We don't know, but it might be a good podcast for the future, for sure, uh, to chat to someone about that. But thank you for listening. And if reach out to Gemma, talk about the IOR and what they can do for you. Um, I'm, I'm definitely perked with interest. And to be fair, they're very affordable of what they're offering as well and the support and everything they offer. So, yeah, definitely worth speaking to her about that. And thank you for listening this far. Uh, until next time, take care. Bye-bye.